Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com forward slash credit card. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestein tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. As well, we're brought to you by True Car. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car. True Cash offer not available in all areas. Well, This is still taking a little bit of getting used to for me. But for many of you across the country, especially if you are in the middle part of the country and you are a big college football fan, this is a little bit like Christmas morning, except it still feels a little bit different than it did in February when there was one big national signing day. Now we have an early signing day for college football, which is today which means that in about uh, an hour, I believe the fax machine can uh, can kick into gear and everybody who wants to sign as a major college football player has the ability to officially commit all of the talk about who is going to go where and everything else associated with that really kind of begins. Last year, just shy of 80% of all recruits signed early and a little over 20% waited until February for what was the traditional signing day. This day, that number seems to be a little bit lower, 
But there's going to be a lot of activity going on all day today, some of which will be taking place live during our show. So we are going to uh, talk with Barton Simmons, who is the national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports in hour three of this show. Uh, He will be on with us uh, in real time to discuss the decisions, which classes are being put together uh, and are the most impressive and everything associated with that. In uh, at the bottom of this hour, we'll get some gambling picks as we head into NFL Week 16 or 17 or whatever the hell it is. There's two games left in the NFL season. Uh, and then we will also, uh, in hour two, do the anonymous mailbag live on the radio. If you haven't tried that out yet, I think you will enjoy it. Make sure that you download the podcast and dive into it. But I thought that what we would do here off the jump, because it is National Signing Day, is a look at the overall uh, rankings right now as we come in for this this official holiday for college football fans. And also, I thought it's worthwhile. There's always that person out there who's like, oh, recruiting class rankings don't matter because there's always somebody who will uh, look at some older. That guy was a two-star. Like, J.J. Watt was a two-star, and look, he turned into a great NFL defensive end. There are always exceptions to the general rule. But by and large, if you are a four- or five-star player, your odds of being drafted in the NFL are exponentially greater than if you are a two- or three-star. Now, there are a lot more two- and three-star players, but this argument of, oh, recruiting doesn't matter, it's it's totally broken. Uh, It does matter a great deal, and the teams that recruit the best year after year are the ones that end up playing, by and large, for national championships. And I've had articles, I'll run through some of the data on that with you in a little bit. But So who are the teams that are at the top of the list? Well, I'm looking right now at the uh, 24-7 Sports Composite Index. This is where they combine all of the different recruiting class rankings to give you a consensus as opposed to any one individual recruiting class ranking. And right now, no surprise, Alabama is number one in all of college football when it comes to recruiting. This is where Nick Saban lives. This is why the Alabama dynasty continues. This is why Alabama never does uh, fall off the map when all their players get drafted any other year. They just reload. They don't rebuild. In the second spot, Kirby Smart is trying to build a shadow Alabama program at Georgia, and he is slotted in right now at number two overall. Uh, In the third spot, and this is why you spend $75 million on the guy, Texas A&M's Jimbo Fisher has surged up the recruiting class rankings, although Kevin Sumlin also recruited well. But Texas A&M is in the third spot. Uh, In the fourth spot, stop me if you've heard it already, LSU. So the top four spots in the recruiting class rankings dominated by SEC schools, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, and LSU. Why are the SEC teams consistently the best? Because they have the best players. It's not rocket science. In the five spot, we have got Oregon, the Ducks, and Mario Cristobal, making a real move there. This is one of the top classes I have ever seen in the history of Oregon football. Uh, In the sixth spot, Dabo Sweeney, 
basically running an SEC program that happens to be located in the ACC. Dabo Sweeney and Clemson rolling along at number six. Longhorns at seven, Oklahoma at eight, Michigan at nine, and Ohio State right now at 10. Notre Dame flirting around right there at 11. Uh, Florida State at 12. Penn State 13. Washington, which is a really good class for Washington. Then Auburn, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Stanford, Arkansas, and Ole Miss round out the top 20. If you want the top 25, how about Florida, Georgia, Nebraska, Purdue, That's kind of a surprise uh, for many people. And then NC State. That's the top 25. Uh, And uh, I am in love with recruiting. Now, I used to pay a lot more attention to individual recruits. And I used to be a little bit of a recruiting skeptic. But as you go through all of the different numbers over the years, what you find is that national championships very often follow recruiting national championships. In other words, it's almost impossible to win a national championship without the ability to break down high, high level uh, class rankings. So I, I just think in general that we undersell this day by and large. And I don't think you should, you know, really kind of focus on individual players Because it is hard to project, oh, is this five-star going to end up the next great college football star and going to end up being a first-round draft pick? But I think in general, you get a real good sense based on the total number of four and five stars that have been signed. Um, I will say this. I have done research on this, and I've got it pulled up with me right now. Since nine, Here's a great stat for you, for everybody out there who says, oh, recruiting class rankings don't matter. Since 1996, every team that has won a national title, except for Oklahoma in 2000, has had at least two top 10 national recruiting classes in the four years before a title. Think about that for a minute. Over 20 years of data now, and only Oklahoma in 2000 has won a national championship without at least two top 10 consensus recruiting classes. And if anything, it's becoming even more important to have top recruiting classes than it was in the past. And in fact, leading into this year, I said there were 12 teams that could win a national championship. Uh, 12 teams. And who were those 12 teams? Four of them had four straight top 10 classes. Three of them, sorry. Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. You could make the argument those were the three best teams in college football this past year in terms of overall talent. Three of them had three, sorry, more than that had three top 10 classes. Florida State, Willie Taggart's first year was a disaster. USC, Clay Helton clearly not getting the results that you would expect given his overall talent. Auburn, the roller coaster that is Auburn football, went for a precipitous decline as opposed to a surge to the top this year. LSU, pretty decent season. Clemson, they're in the playoff. 
Texas, they're on the upswing with Tom Herman. And then there were three teams with two top 10 classes, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame. Okay? All four of the college football playoff teams are now in the top 12 recruiting class rankings over the past four years. That's not a surprise. And most of the teams that were in consideration in general are also in this mix. Again, Alabama, four top 10 classes. Clemson, three top 10 classes. Oklahoma and Notre Dame, two top 10 classes. That's four of the top 12 most talented teams in college football that are in this year's playoff. Are you guys interested and excited about National Signing Day? I'm kind of curious in the overall OutKick Nation vibe. I'm going to open up our phone lines, 877-996-6369. I hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesday mornings. Thank you for spending it with us. Again, it is one of the two now National Signing Days, the early one when the vast majority of the top players will be committing. And so we will find out how all of this uh, sort of year-long courting, multi-year courting begins to uh, find, finish itself and whether there's any big surprises and everything else uh, as this day plays out, much of which will occur early in the morning while we're on the air. In the meantime, it's never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. You may think it makes you look casual, but more than likely, it just ends up looking sloppy. That's why Untuck It makes shirts specially designed to be worn untucked. A casual shirt that's not too long and not too short. It's just right. Shirts designed so well, GQ calls them perfection. Untuck It shirts are a go-to for any occasion, from casual to dressy. And not only they look good, they feel great. Impeccable craftsmanship and attention to detail make Untuck It the only choice for the untucked man. With more than 50 sizing options, every guy can find the perfect shirt. Whether you have a six-pack or you haven't seen your abs since college, log on to untuckit.com and check out all the new fall arrivals. Use the promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, for 20% off your entire first-time purchase. You can also visit Untuck It at one of their over 40 retail locations throughout the country. Stop hiding your shirt with your pants and your pants with your shirt. Untuckit.com, your solution to perfecting casual. Use promo code CLAY for 20% savings. More discussion on the College Football Signing Day. Your calls, 877-996-6369. Also, John Campbell will be with us to give us some gambling tips as we roll into uh, the NFL's next week of action and all the playoff race continues to unspool and the college football bowl season continues. This is OutKick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. 
The holidays are close, really, really close. And if you're behind on your holiday shopping, you're probably starting to panic. But don't worry. There is still time to get your loved ones amazing last-minute presents that don't seem like last-minute presents because now through the holidays at Hellsberg Diamonds, you can make one quick and easy stop for two great gifts. Spend $1,199 or more on stunning jewelry for her and get a free Nintendo Switch system for the kids. That's gifts that give gifts at Hellsberg Diamonds Games sold separately. Wednesday edition, outkick the coverage. Baby, it's cold outside. By the way, yesterday we were talking about this with Charles Davis in hour one. If you didn't uh, hear that conversation, it was fun in the uh, in the first hour of the podcast. Go download it from yesterday. Baby, it's cold outside. Has gotten attacked by a bunch of losers out there for being like uh, inappropriate in a B2 era or whatever their argument is. It's now surged into the top ten for most downloaded songs. So the controversy is actually the best thing that's ever happened to this song. It's never been more popular. That's why I always say, no such bad thing as publicity as long as you're not facing jail time. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Um, I want to go to you, Dub, because I know you're a big college football fan. Do you enjoy the early signing period now, or does it feel quite a bit different still to you than the way National Signing Day did? When National Signing Day happened, it was definitely like Christmas. You had the hat ceremonies. You had everything surrounding the college football experience that felt kind of special now that there's two signing days, I think I probably surprised a lot of people as we started off today who maybe haven't been paying that much attention and are college football fans that, oh yeah, today is a big day. About 75% of the top players typically are going to end up signing today. Yeah, it definitely feels different. And like you said, I'm sure to a lot of people, this kind of came out of nowhere because everyone's concentrating on bowl season and then people are realizing, oh wait, 75% of these kids are going to be signing today. Yeah, and even and even concentrating on bowl season. I mean, what we're nine days, ten days away from playing Alabama against Oklahoma and Notre Dame against Clemson. I, I think it's a pretty shocking stat that a lot of people are not aware that in the last twenty three years, uh, all but one team, and that's Oklahoma in two thousand, has had at least two top ten classes. Because there's a lot of skepticism out there about, you know, I think it's kind of trendy to just say, oh, signing day doesn't matter. It's such a waste, all these things. I think that's a, uh, you'll hear that from a lot of people if you're a sports fan. But again, all four of the college football playoff teams this year had at least two top 10 signing classes in the year before they, in the four years before they won a championship. And uh, everybody else um, other than Oklahoma in 2000, that's a pretty stunning statistic out there. What about you guys, Danny G? Is this, uh, this is, by the way, why the Pac-12 is falling, I think, out of the national conversation. They only really have one school that is signing a high level of player this year, and it's Oregon. And the Pac-12 is in danger of falling outside of the top five major conferences, honestly, when it comes to football because they just haven't been able to keep up with everybody else. Is this in any way a big day on the West Coast for you guys? I think more of the concentration here in Southern California has been about USC and the coaching situation. Of course, Clay Helton being retained for one more season. But I knew about this because obviously we work with you and you talked with us off the air about it a couple of days ago. 
And so I read a, an article on SB Nation yesterday about how USC could climb up into the top 20. I guess two five-star California receivers are in play, Kyle Ford and Brew McCoy. And uh, Ford, I guess, uh, heavily recruited by Oregon while Texas has done a good job recruiting McCoy. So I'm going to keep my eye on those two receivers as far as USC goes. What This is an awful class for USC. And uh, there's no other way to put it. And I I don't know why it would be a surprise. If you're a recruit and you're making a decision right now, do you feel very comfortable with Clay Helton? Do you feel very comfortable with the recruiting staff that they have, given the fact that they just fired a ton of people? Yes, Cliff Kingsbury's coming in, but he hasn't had that much time to actually develop rapport with West Coast athletes and West Coast kids who are making decisions about where to go. So in general, it's not a surprise that USC would be down. But I think it is tied in. Dan Wetzel's got a good column up with the fact that the Pac-12 has had such a troubling history here in terms of being able to make the college football playoff. And uh, and and there's no real surprise about this. The best players are all going to SEC schools. And in fact, this is wild. In the top 25 uh, right now, or let's say the top 22, listen to how many SEC schools there are. South Carolina is number 22. Florida is number 20. Ole Miss is number, uh, Florida's 21. Ole Miss is number 20. Arkansas is number 19. Mississippi State is number five. Uh, Sorry, is number 17. Tennessee is 16. That's six already. Auburn is number 15. That is seven uh, already um, in uh, in the bottom 15 to 22. And then you go all the way up into the top 10 now, and it's even crazier. The top four teams right now are all Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, and LSU. This is a wild stat. 11 of the top 22 classes in America right now are in the SEC. There are only 14 SEC schools, 11 of the top 22. So right now, the 22nd best recruiting class in the nation is South Carolina. South Carolina is the 22nd best in the country, but they're the only the 11th best in the SEC right now. That is wild to think about that level of dominance. We've never seen that before. This is the most dominant recruiting season that the SEC has ever had. Um, let's bring in Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking in the world of sports. Eddie, you pay attention to this at all, or is it like this day doesn't exist to you? I pay attention to it, but I'm, I'm not going to say that it's a huge priority on my uh, on my sports list, but I do pay attention to. It. I do, yes, I do pay attention to it. The hat ceremony, I think, has kind of gotten played out. Although there'll be a lot of them going on today, uh, but when you have two signing days, it just kind of dilutes the overall impact of the excitement. Remember, a few years ago, there were all just about every year. There's always the drama over somebody's mom is not happy with where they're going, or somebody's parents won't sign their letter of intent, and so. Uh, there is uh, uncertainty as to where they're going to end up. It is uh, it is wild. It is for many people a little bit like Christmas morning for college football fans. At least if your uh, if your school has got a decent recruiting class that they're trying to bring in, 
Uh, but go ahead and give me an idea what's shaking in the world of sports. Well, we'll start with the Geico scoreboard from the NBA. Just four games on the schedule. Nuggets are the top team in the Western Conference, improving to 21-9 and on the year with a 126-118 win over the Mavericks. Nets over the Lakers, 115-110. Former Laker D'Angelo Russell had a big game against his old team. He had 22 points, 13 assists, and a big three-pointer late in the game to seal the deal as Brooklyn has won six in a row. Larry Nance Jr. had a tip-in at the buzzer, giving the Cavaliers a 92-91 win over the Pacers on the road, and the Hawks beat the Wizards 118-110. Top 25 college basketball, we had seven ranked teams in action. They all won easily, including top-ranked Kansas and number two Duke. Really, the only game of some note was 14th-ranked Buffalo going to 11 11-0, winning at Syracuse, 71-59. The Bulls are now, uh, as I mentioned, 11-0, and it's their first win over Syracuse since 1963. College football, we had the Boca Raton Bowl. Great story for UAB as they beat Northern Illinois 37-13. The Blazers, who had their program shut down just two years ago, get their school record 11th win of the season. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. That is an incredible story uh, for UAB to to bounce back, get their first bowl win, dominant over Northern Illinois, given the fact that it looked like their program was going to cease to exist. Uh, a pretty incredible story, just in general. Uh, we are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We bring in now John Campbell. You can follow him on Twitter at Johnny Oddshark. He does a lot of good work uh, with uh, with Oddshark. J- John Campbell, you guys are up in Canada. Are you kind of stunned? I know you've had legalized sports gambling for a long time in your country. Washington, D.C. yesterday uh, officially added it. I think now there are eight states in the District of Columbia uh, where uh, sports gambling is legal. Are you guys even a little bit surprised how quickly sports gambling is finally sweeping across the country from a Canadian perspective? Yeah, yeah I am a little bit. It, it, this this law just held for, for so long, and it just looked like there was going to be no change in it. And it's amazing that as soon as the floodgates open, all these states, yes, we want some money too. Uh, we're, we're now suddenly okay with it from a moral perspective. So, I'm definitely surprised. We saw the same thing with legalization with marijuana. I was surprised, too, at how many states jumped on board and and, uh, and got into it once the law changed. It, it amazes me sometimes where it's just a law that changes the whole mentality of what's right and wrong for people, with, you know, especially with something that so many people are doing. Yeah, it, it is wild. Do you see an increase? I mean, you're active on social media, and you've been on our show for, for years now. Do you see an increase in, uh, in in interest in general in gambling from people on your social media feeds and kind of at Odd Shark? Do you guys sense that the interest is growing? Yeah, it definitely. And, and people who, who've never done it before who, who want to give it a try now, I definitely we see more people talking about it. I see more media outlets talking about it uh, all over the place. So we've seen the interest grow and hopefully it keeps going. All right, let's go into the NFL as we come into the final two weeks of the season. The playoff race is officially underway, and there are a lot of wide open um, and, and, and honestly a lot of games with severe and significant playoff uh, implications. Let's start on Saturday night, two games that obviously have uh, a lot of implications for playoffs uh, for both sides. The Redskins fighting to stay alive. The Titans also need to win out. Both of these teams, uh, it's an elimination game. Uh, as well, Ravens-Chargers. Chargers trying to steal the overall number one seed. Ravens, it's an, it could be an elimination game. 
as excited as Raven fans are about what Lamar Jackson has been capable of, this is kind of wild for Raven fans. If they were to lose to the Chargers, and if the Titans beat the Redskins and the Colts beat the Giants, then the Ravens would be eliminated from playoff contention if uh, if the Steelers, I believe, also win. So there are three games that could happen there, and suddenly the Ravens have absolutely nothing to play for, even though they have such high expectations now. What do you see in both of those games? Again, those are Saturday games. Might sneak up on some people because it's a holiday weekend with the fact that both those games are going on, Redskins, Titans, Ravens, Chargers. Yeah, and I really think that scenario could happen. And with the Redskins and and Titans, I really want to take the 10 points here. It feels like a lot, especially with the Tennessee team that's been kind of tough to handicap this year. But we've seen this this year where a new quarterback comes in and the team kind of has uh, a big game, an upstart game. We saw that from Washington last week with Josh Johnson. And then there's a letdown in the next game. And what really concerns me also here with Washington is they haven't been able to stop the run lately. And that's not good against Derrick Henry, who had six touchdowns in his last two games and over 300 yards. So i got to go with the Titans at home there in that one. The Ravens plus four and a half is one of my favorite picks of the week. I, I just think this is too many points here. Uh, even with Melvin Gordon back, expected back to the Chargers here. Philip Rivers, to me, last week looked like looked like his arm was dead or something. I was calling him 500 up throws where he was just throwing them up in the air and his receivers were really bailing him out. And going up against uh, one of the best pass defenses and one of the best defenses in the NFL – I think they're in trouble, uh, especially with Lamar Jackson uh, now 4-1 and one straight up and against the spread in his five games here. I, I think the Ravens are going to – they might even win that game. Uh, all right, Texans-Eagles. This is kind of a fascinating game because it's been a big swing in the line movement. Uh, and I think a big reason why is the Texans' offensive line against the Jets look awful. They couldn't block – Deshaun Watson's been sacked more times than anybody else in the NFL so far this season. He took a lot of big hits against the Jets. Now they go on the road against the Eagles. The Eagles got the big upset over the Rams. They have now swung to a two-point favorite here. Which side do you like? If the Texans lose this one, obviously the Eagles fighting to stay alive in the NFC and and also in the NFC East. Uh, If the Texans lose this one, then they would come back home potentially with some pressure on them, not just to, uh, to win the division, but potentially to even make the playoffs down the stretch. What do you what do you see in this one? Well, I like the Eagles in this one here, and uh, I was a little surprised that the huge line movement in that Eagles game last week went from eight to thirteen and a half at kick, which uh, which really surprised me. Just still no belief in Nick Foles. I, I mean, I guess winning a Super Bowl doesn't help you at all in terms of belief from the betting public, but. This feels like it's exactly where the Eagles love to be, the situation where even though they're two-point favorites, where a lot of folks probably don't expect them to win with Nick Foles here. Uh, so I like the Eagles. I think they play their best in these situations. Texans on the road, I, I think I think they're going to have a real tough time. Packers-Jets, this is one of those times when the line can tell you a story. Surely Aaron Rodgers is not going to play because the Jets now are out to a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And I don't think there's any way the Jets would be favored if Aaron Rodgers were expected to play. But this hasn't been officially announced yet, right? Yeah, I, I, their owner is saying that, that Rodgers is going to play. And who knows? I don't, I don't know. Uh, probably just a lot of frustration there. It doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. And when you look at this line, it's just Jets favored over the Packers at home. It just, it just looks weird on the board here. Uh, but Packers just 
aren't very good. And uh, Jets are still playing scrappy. They're, they're one of those teams right now that, yes, they're out of it, but they're young and they're still trying and they still want to win and they're at home. So even if Rodgers does play, I'm still kind of leaning Jets in this one. All right, uh, the Cowboys, they got whipped by the uh, Colts and uh, they needed some losses to happen. They didn't really happen. They still have two teams just a game behind them at 7-7 seven and seven in the NFC East. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming to town. And look, you don't want to be the Cowboys going on the road against the Giants in the final week of the season with the Giants able to play spoiler. Do you think the Cowboys take care of business and run roughshod over the Bucks, Or should Cowboy fans be a little bit nervous that maybe this game isn't as easy as it looks? No, I, I really do. And, and Cowboys couldn't ask for a better situation. They control their own destiny here with the Giants next week as well. So these really two games they should win. And it might be one where you want to take the point spread out of it and take uh, take the Cowboys or maybe Cowboys uh, money line parlay something like that. If the, if the spread does make you a little bit nervous, they should beat the Bucks by more than a touchdown. And shame on them if they don't in this situation needing to win. Chiefs Seahawks. Um, this is a massive game. Sunday night football. Kansas City hanging right around a two and a half point favorite. Seahawks now probably do need to get a win. Uh, because, uh, look, I mean, they don't want to necessarily get passed by the Vikings. you got some uh, some controversy uh, over what's going to happen with the final playoff spot if they lose this one. But the Chiefs also massively need to win because they're looking at the difference between a one seed and a five seed, depending on what happens in this game. So how do you play it? Yeah, really interesting game here. And, and Seahawks seem to love this spot. They're 11-1 against the spread in their last 12 as home dogs going back to 2011. But Patrick Mahomes, to me, is the clear-cut best quarterback in the NFL. To me, it's not even close right now in terms of who's second. And uh, I, I, just, I think he's going to go in there and win this game. I think Seattle, it, it, they won't be able to just rely on their defense. Also, the weak spot for KC is in the secondary. This pass defense is not very good, and I just don't think Seattle, that's their strength. I don't think they'll be able to take advantage of KC's weakness. Steelers Saints. Um, the Steelers in a dogfight down the stretch in the AFC North. We talked about the Ravens already. Um, and the Saints, if they win one of their final two, are going to have home field throughout the NFC playoffs. They won't have to leave a dome uh, for the rest of their season all the way through the Super Bowl if they could win this game. What do you see happening here? How do you play it? Well, I, I think it's going to be a really close game here. This line looks a little bigger than it should be to me. And uh, Saints now kind of a, a different team. They're defense first team. They've gone under the total in five straight games. So I love the under 53 and a half. They drew Brees in this offense, uh, struggling a little bit, especially in the first half and getting out to, to get some yards and points in the first half here. So uh, I, I like the underdog. I love the under in this game. Saints all told one and eight against the spread since 2014 in non-conference home games. Bills Patriots, are you buying into the Patriots being in trouble? They are around a 12 and a half or 13 point favorite over the Bills, who have one of the top defenses in the NFL. I think that surprises a lot of people who haven't necessarily been paying attention. Yeah, uh, this feels like too many points to me. And it's not just the Bills' defense, but the offense has looked a lot better in recent games, and they scraped out a win last week. They are actually favored last week against the Lions. Um, So the offense is much better. It's much better on first down, which is opening up the playbook. That's why we're seeing Josh Allen get more rushing yards and and playing much better. This feels like too many, and they'd love to give the Patriots a hard time at this point in the season. 
Uh, last question for you. There are a bunch of bowl games going on. Tonight we have got – what do we got going on tonight? Tonight we have got – hold on. San Diego State against Ohio um, in a game uh, that, that many people will not pay attention to, but I will be gambling on. We got Then we got a ton of other games going on this week. Are there any bowl games that you like uh, either uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday of this week? Yeah, I kind of like San Diego State in this one. Ohio's one of the better teams in the MAC, but San Diego State comes into this one healthy, and they weren't for most of the season. So I like San Diego State there. Uh, another one's coming up soon, Memphis minus 3.5 against Wake. I love to take teams that, that are good at rushing, and Memphis is top five in the nation at rushing when I'm, I'm looking at Wake games. A couple others, Oregon minus three against Michigan State. No confidence at QB for Michigan State. And another one, I hate betting against the SEC in bowl games. They cover at 60% going back to 2012, but I am going to take Purdue plus three and a half against Auburn in the Music City Bowl. Outstanding stuff as always, John Campbell. We appreciate you spending some time with us here on Wednesday morning. Have a good holiday season. We'll talk to you when the holidays are over, my man. You too, Clay. Thanks a lot. That's John Campbell. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Johnny Oddshark. When we come back, uh, NFL Pro Bowl has been announced. Great story for you about James Conner. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit of inspiration for you as you roll into your Wednesday. And in hour two, it's the anonymous mailbag live on the radio. Plus in hour three, we'll check in with my guy, uh, Barton Simmons, he is at 24-7. He's the national recruiting analyst there, and he will help get us aware and apprised of all of the big news that's coming down. Again, for many of you, it is a little bit like Christmas morning if you're a college football fan. It's the early signing day for college football today. Uh, this is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Traveling over the holidays, blink motion-activated cameras let you monitor your home, pets, and package deliveries using the Blink smartphone app. Save up to 40% through 1222 while supplies last. Visit blinkprotect.com slash holiday blinkprotect.com slash holiday we're doing that for our house you see all the videos of packages arriving getting stolen you see the glitter bomb somebody set up um this is the time of the year when there's so many different things arriving on the porch it can be tough it's also the time of the year uh when and this is an amazing story when the pro bowl is released um and one of the best stories of the pro bowl and there are lots of good stories is james connor uh, James Conner was obviously diagnosed with cancer, and he got a message from Aaron Donald uh, that he shared yesterday. Um, and James Conner said, three years ago, uh, Aaron Donald sent me this text after I got diagnosed with cancer. Today is special because it's all coming to reality. One Pro Bowl down, more to come. Thank you for the motivation, bro. Hard work pays off. And I just think this is a good story to start off your day with on Wednesday. Because not only what you do matters, the energy that you put out into the world matters as well when it comes to your friends and your family and the support you can show them in difficult times, particularly during the holiday season. This is from Aaron Donald to uh, James Conner, Pittsburgh Steeler running back, who has been named to the Pro Bowl. What's up, bro? I just heard. Just wanted to let you know, this is after he found out that he had cancer. Just wanted to let you know I'm praying for you. Everybody goes through adversity, some tougher than others, but I already know you're going to bounce back stronger and better than ever. I just can't wait to see it. I'm going to be the first to tune in. 
you're going to look back at this day one day after about seven Pro Bowls and a couple All-Pro years and see everything that's happened to you is just going to make you stronger. It's just going to make your story that much better. You already know if you need anything, just hit me and let me know. Keep your head up no matter what. Stay strong. Uh, God's got you. Um, And so that is a pretty incredible story to think about with what James Conner has been capable of. Now, also, James Conner's story, to me, illuminates something fascinating. How much of the overvaluation we have seen for the running back position in the NFL? The other story, obviously, when it comes to the Pro Bowl is that uh, that the running back position continues to get devalued. And as much as you give credit to James Conner and what he has accomplished and you give credit to everybody else out there who is uh, grinding away at the at the running back position. The Denver Broncos running back uh, who was not drafted, and I'm, I'm actually looking up where he went to college because I'm a huge college football fan and I can't even remember. Uh, Philip Lindsay um, was undrafted. He became the first ever undrafted uh, uh, making history. I think he's the first ever undrafted player to make the Pro Bowl in his rookie season. So to go from undrafted uh, Denver Bronco running back Philip Lindsley uh, voted to the 2019 Pro Bowl. He's the first undrafted offensive rookie to make the Pro Bowl in NFL history. And he's just the third Bronco rookie in general with Vaughn Miller and the kicker back in the day, David Treadwell. But that ties into my general thesis that I've talked about quite a bit on this show, the overvaluation of the running back position. In 2017, Le'Veon Bell with the Steelers. The Steelers averaged 25.4 points per game, 5.8 yards per play, 3.8 yards per carry, and 2.23 points per drive, okay? Those are all the stats that the 2017 Pittsburgh Steelers posted with Le'Veon Bell. And this, by the way, is from Evan Silva. In 2018, the Steelers with James Conner, Jalen Samuels, and Steven Ridley, 27.4 points per game, so they averaged two more points per game. They averaged 6.2 yards per play, so they averaged 0.4 more yards per play, 4.3 yards per carry, so over a half yard more per carry, and they averaged more points per drive. So without Le'Veon Bell, and by replacing him with James Conner, who's now headed to the Pro Bowl, Jalen Samuels and Steven Ridley, the 2018 Steelers were better than the 2017 Steelers. All I would say is somebody's going to give Le'Veon Bell a lot of money in the offseason, probably. Shouldn't it be a major cautionary tale that the Steelers were better on offense without Le'Veon Bell than they were with him, that their offense outperformed in virtually every statistical category with the running backs that they paid a fraction of what they would have paid him? The lesson, I think, is pretty clear. Don't pay running backs. The position is not worth the money that is being spent on the players. There are a lot of other positions you can spend your money in a more effective fashion. All right, it's the Anonymous Mailbag Wednesday edition. We're going to take your calls and we will solve all your problems. We'll talk about it more when we come back. You can also load up the phone lines, 
996-6369. Wednesday tradition, anonymous mailbag, an hour or two on Fox Sports Radio. We are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by True Car. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, Check out True Card, True Cash Offer, not available in all areas. All right. So every single Wednesday, an hour or two, I try to make the world a better place. I try to make the world a better place every single morning, every single day in general, by coming out and hanging with you guys for three hours every morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 5 to 8 Central, 4 to 7 Mountain, 3 to 6 Pacific Time. Start your day off with some fun. The most popular thing I do on my website, seven years old now, outkick.com, outkickthecoverage.com, anonymous mailbag. People absolutely love it. I will solve any problem that you have. The last several weeks, we have decided to debut the anonymous mailbag live on the radio. That is when you, across the country, we're airing live right now in all 50 states. Many of you listening all over the world, that is when you guys have the opportunity to come in and hop into this show, and I will solve any problem that you have, any question that you have with life, anything at all that you might have been debating with your wife, with your friends. I believe humbly I am the King Solomon of the internet and also the King Solomon of talk radio. I can solve any problem in the world and give you the best possible advice of anyone, plus you get it for free. And also, if you disagree with me or with my advice, then you can reach out and say that you disagree. So we are opening up the phone lines. Dub, I believe, is at work today, right? We've already talked to Dub, so he has shown up. 877-996-6369 is that phone number. Again, 877-996-6369. Cue the music, boys. Let's see how this goes. You've got mail, mother Anonymous mail, babe! If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. All right, so one thing that I want to say, we remember, was it last week we got into a discussion somehow about 1990s era colognes? Do you remember that discussion? I think it spiraled out of our man, uh, Nawab Shafali Khan, the, the tiger killer in India, when they had a uh, discussion about the, uh, the fact they were trying to get the tiger by using obsession cologne. And then that spiraled into a uh, talk about all the different colognes that were out there in the 90s that were so popular around the time Obsession was. The Polo, Dracar Noir, the Woods Cologne from the Abercrombie and Fitch store. If you're around my age, you remember all of these things. Maybe a little bit of cool water. So yesterday, I'm over at my mom and dad's place. and uh, and uh, Or maybe it was two days ago. Two days ago, I'm over at my mom and dad's place, go into my dad's bathroom, and unbl- my dad never throws anything away. I mean, he saves everything. And I go into uh, my dad's bathroom, and I'll be damned. I took a picture, and I tweeted this out last night. I'll be damned if my 1990s, late 80s, early 90s polo and my Woods cologne from when I used to work at Abercrombie & Fitch back in the day, uh, they still are there. My dad still has them. He didn't throw them away. He's kept them now through three moves. That used to be in my medicine cabinet back in my old bedroom 
in uh, in the Nashville area. He's now moved to two different places since then <laughs> and packed my polo and my Woods cologne from Abercrombie with him to move. The old school generation do not throw anything away. Never. Never throws anything away. So if you're walking around and you see a middle-aged and his 70s man, and you think, that smells like Abercrombie and Fitch uh, uh, Woods cologne taking me back to 1996 in this place. It's probably my dad just walking by, still rocking the Woods cologne from 1996. He has moved. I just think that's amazing. He has moved that cologne to different houses uh, and uh, and just totally taken it um, and made it his own. All right, calls are rolling in, 877-996-6369. Dub, you can field calls while we talk to people, right? Or is that uh, an issue still that we have? I remember Jason Martin used to complain about that. Uh, no, we can still do that. Even though this uh, this antique in front of me is from 1942, we have the ability to do that. Yes. All right, let's go take our first call. We're going to Salt Lake City. What's up, Salt Lake City? Hey, Clay, I got a question for you. I'm calling from the enter- entertainment capital of the world, Salt Lake City. It's pretty boring here. Hey, quick, quick question for you. Do you have a rocket ship I can ship my uh, 17-year-old daughter to a different planet until she turns 21? Is, what, what is the particular problem that you've got with your 17-year-old daughter? Well, okay, Mama wants to be more a friend than a parent, yeah. and it's just it's just pushing me away, and and I don't know what the heck to do. Um, you know, I'm a big sports nut. Uh, my family's from Massachusetts, so I'm a big Patriot fan and a uh, big Red Sox fan. But I, I don't know. I just thought I'd uh, want to hear your comments on the 17-year-old and how I can deal with her and Mama want to be more a friend than a parent. Yeah, so first of all, teenagers are a mess in general. And one of my general statements is that there are no dumber people on the planet that think they're smart than teenagers. In particular, the 14, 15, 16-year-old boy, dumbest human being on the planet. Dumbest human being on the planet that thinks he's the smartest, thinks he's so brilliant, really the dumbest collection of people that's ever existed in our society. There's a reason, I always say, why... A girl or a woman's final word, two words, is not watch this, right? There are so many teenage boys out there whose final two words before they die were watch this. And by the way, that goes all the way into the 20s, but it peaks at like 15 and 16 as the stupidest level of humanity. So the first thing I would say is while you have a 17-year-old daughter, 17-year-old boy is dumber and more likely to get into trouble than the 17-year-old daughter. I don't know what to do. The 17-year-old daughter, on average, is going to be more dramatic. She's going to be more of a uh, of a uh, of a challenge, I think, from like a day-to-day basis. But I think it's a less of a problem uh, on a uh, you know like on a global scale, right? Because the trouble that a 17-year-old girl gets into is less significant than the trouble that a 17-year-old boy can get into. I don't know how you solve it. I don't know how you solve. I, I know this thing. The difference between moms and daughters now has never been smaller. I don't know if social media has made it happen. I know when I go down to the beach. Remember how moms used to dress different than their daughters? There are a lot of times right now when I'm down at the beach, got my sunglasses on, and I see women walking by on the beach. And I don't know if it's the mom or if it is the daughter I don't have any idea what age the girls are because from about 16 to 40 now, women dress the exact same. You notice this? Like, especially on the beach. You got a ton of hot moms 
rocking the same bathing suit that they would have when they were 19 years old and in a sorority at a college. And their daughters are oftentimes rocking the same kind of bathing suit. You got a mom who's 40 and a daughter who's 16 and they just, they're wearing the same thing. I got no idea what's going on in the world. I sit there and I'm like, I, women, the, 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 the amount of difference just from a pure fashion perspective for women is almost non-existent. Seems like to me when I was younger, there was a big difference between how moms dressed and how teenage girls dressed. Now they've become one and the same. There's almost no difference at all. Spokane, Washington, what you got for me? Hey, Clay, it's 4 o'clock. I thought I'd call let you know that, first of all, not, a, uh, not all people up here in Spokane are drunk uh, at this time in the morning. Uh, but I got a call and a complaint and a question. It's about sportscasters or sports broadcasters. And let me kind of set it up for you. A couple of years ago, I was listening to a national guy, and he made the comment that if he's not watching Major League Baseball, it's not real. And I thought, that's kind of cheeky of you because, you know, you've got three boys and you know that that sport is just as real to them as it is to any major leaguer. And then uh, about three or four weeks ago, uh, one of the major sportscasters uh, came up here, broadcasters, was doing down uh, game down at uh, Pullman in Washington State. And I called and told him, hey, you know, it's, when you got in Spokane, you had four teams that were in the top ten. He kind of uh, giggled about it. And I said, yeah, you got Washington State. you got uh, Eastern Washington University, which is our FCF school, which is going to the national finals this year in a couple of weeks. You had uh, Gonzaga University, which at that time was rated in the top ten. And then we've got a D3 team up here that was top ten also. And he said, well, he just doesn't accept D3. And I thought, what do you mean you don't accept D3? Those guys of all the college sports should be rated the highest because they got the least to work with. They're just out there playing by the field because they love the game. They don't get anything special. Yeah, I appreciate the call. here's Here's the deal. The reason why he said he doesn't respect D3 is because nobody knows anybody who plays D3. It's great if you're a D3 athlete. Nobody knows those guys. You're doing national sports talk radio. I don't know who the, who the guy was, but that's the reason. I like all sports, right? I enjoy watching everything. But if I ever come in and lead with women's college basketball, if I sit down in this chair and I'm like, boy, let's lead with women's college basketball on this show, just shoot me in the head with a nail gun because I will have given up on life. And inevitably, something crazy is going to happen in women's college basketball now, and I'm going to have to lead with women's college basketball. But it's not that that sport doesn't exist. I watched a little bit yesterday of Tennessee and Stanford women's college basketball. My dad, I was talking about earlier, still has the cologne from Polo and Woods. Huge women's college basketball fan. Loves Pat Summit. Uh, loved the Tennessee uh, Lady Vols. Watches their games. So he had it on yesterday. I watched a couple minutes of it. Um... But by and large, if, if I ever, if you told me, okay, Clay, you can continue to do sports talk radio, but every day you have to sit down and talk about women's college basketball as your lead, I would not do the show because I just don't care enough, right? Now, I think that's the way that a lot of people feel in, uh, in my business. And you know what? If I were sitting down and I was doing women's college basketball with you, you'd be like, I don't want to listen to Clay Travis's show. 
This guy, did you see that controversy? Like, it got on social media. Somebody was like, hey, how come ESPN's got on some bowl game instead of the women's uh, uh, volleyball championship? And I'm like, because people care about college football and they don't care about women's volleyball. You may care about women's volleyball. That doesn't mean the nation does. Everything's about ratings in life. Whatever more people care about in the world of sports is what gets watched, right? This isn't this isn't crazy. I'm going to take a call. We got a ton of you lined up. I'm going to take one more, and then we're going to go to break, and then we'll take more of your calls. Let's go to Indiana. What you got for me? Hey Clay, um, I'm in my fantasy football league championship this weekend, and I've got Drew Brees in as my quarterback, but I've got Baker Mayfield on the bench. Brees has been trash the last few weeks, and Baker Mayfield has outperformed him three out of the last four weeks. Do I keep Breeze in, or is it time for me to play Mayfield? All right. First of all, just like I don't want to talk about women's college basketball, I also don't want to talk about your fantasy team. I think the worst thing that Sports Talk Radio does is fantasy football talk. Because the only person who cares about fantasy football specific decisions is like a tiny fraction of the population. How many people listening to me right now are having to make a decision between Drew Brees and Baker Mayfield. I do. Like 0.1% of the population. So people say, why don't you ever talk about fantasy football? Because everybody's fantasy football team is unique and distinct. And so I don't think that in any way it's remotely interesting. Gambling talk I love because you're on one side or the other. Every single team... You have to decide, am I going to be on the over? Am I going to be the, on the under? Am I taking the underdog? Am I taking the favorite? Everybody's on one side or the other. So you might not like gambling talk, but everybody who cares about gambling is on one side or the other, and you have to pick a side. What was the choice between Baker Mayfield and who else? Baker Mayfield or Deshaun Watson? Uh, I would start uh, Baker Mayfield because Deshaun Watson's going to get blown up, but I don't ever want another call about fantasy football. Where's Dub? The pull-up Dub right now. Dub. He's there. All right. That's, that's why I was number three on the list. Yeah, those are awful calls. <laughs> All right? Awful calls across the board. None of those calls are remotely interesting. None of them fit the anonymous mailbag parameters. So what If I could call to, myself, I would. Uh, what you need to do is tell people, yeah, Clay's not going to answer that question. That's a bad one. All right? You need to start being like, uh, like uh, you need to start Ned Starking some people. Just pull out the sword and chop them off and be like, yeah, the anonymous mailbag is not designed for you to call in and ask a question about your fantasy football team. The anonymous mailbag is not designed for you to call in from Spokane, Washington and complain because D3 basketball is not, or football or whatever the hell it is, is not getting enough respect. It's designed to solve the problems of the world. All right? Going to give you guys another chance. I'm going to give Dub another chance. 877-996-6369. 877-996-6369. All right? Specific issues, specific problems. I can solve them. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. This is Outkick the Coverage, and I believe what do I need to talk about. I got to talk about something. Is it Omaha Steaks? I got to tell you, Omaha Steaks. number of you who are buying this thing is crazy. I get tweeted about this all the time. Right now, Omaha Steaks giving an amazing limited time offer to my listeners. When you go to omahasteaks.com, and enter the code TRAVIS into the search bar. That's omahasteaks.com. Enter the code TRAVIS into the search bar. You get 74% off Omaha Steaks family gift package. Originally $195, now only $49.99. In the offer, you will get 
four hand-cut premium sirloin steaks, pork chops, two of them, four chicken fried steaks. I had them the other day. Four Omaha Steaks burgers, four kielbasa sausages, all beef meatballs, perfectly brown potatoes au gratin, four of them, and four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets. And you'll get four more burgers for free. Omaha Steaks, fifth-generation family-owned, over 100 years of experience. Again, this is a hell of a deal. $49.99, and you get $195 worth of Omaha Steaks. Again, $49.99. Go to omahasteaks.com, type Travis in the search bar, add the family gift package. $49.99, you get $195 of steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com and type Travis in on the search bar today. That's T-R-A-V-I-S. This is Outkick the Coverage. Your calls, 877-996-6369 on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We're taking your calls in the anonymous mailbag, uh, 877-996-6369. But first, uh, Eddie Garcia, what you got for me? We got the Geico scoreboard for you. We'll start in the NBA and on the road to the playoffs. The Nuggets beat the Mavericks 126-118. to Denver improving its Western Conference top record to 21-9 and on the year. They've won seven straight at home. Speaking of being on the road, everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. People can get hurt or killed. You can get arrested, incur huge legal expenses, or even lose your job. If you think drunk driving is no big deal, you could be losing. You couldn't be more wrong. Drive sober or get pulled over. Rest of the scores in the NBA last night. Nets over the Lakers, 115-110. to Brooklyn's won six in a row. It was the Cavaliers getting a tip in at the buzzer to beat the Pacers, 92-91. And the Hawks down the Wizards, 118-110. to Top 25 college basketball. Seven ranked teams were in action. They all won going away, including number one Kansas and number two Duke. Number 14, Buffalo did win at Syracuse, 71-59. First win for the Bulls against the Orange since 1963. Buffalo is 11-0 on the season. College football, Boca Raton Bowl. It was UAB over Northern Illinois 37 to 13. The Blazers had their program shut down two years ago. This season, they set a school record for wins with 11. This support brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outfit the Coverage Studios. All right, we are loaded up here. Let's see if these calls have improved. Cincinnati, Atlanta, Phoenix, Dayton, uh, somewhere else in Ohio, Louisiana, Texas, Texas, Utah. Let's see what problems we got in the world of outkicks, starting with Cincinnati. What you got for me? Hey, Clay, thanks for taking my call. Happy holidays. Okay, I'm a big First and Second Amendment guy. The local school district, I live 30 miles north of Cincinnati. They just passed a resolution for a conceal and carry for teachers. I like it, but I don't like it. Break that down for me. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, man. Yeah, let me go ahead and solve all the country's issues with guns. I think that – so here's my thing. I walk my kids to school pretty much every morning. Uh, Not every morning, a lot of mornings. Let's be honest. Okay, when it's cold, I don't like to walk outside. But when the weather's good, I walk my kids to school. There is a a deputy there at the back entrance uh, who is always there, and they lock the doors when they're inside the school. I think that's probably the best solution, right? You lock all the doors. It's virtually impossible to get in, and every school should have an armed deputy. I think that's the solution. That's the solution. I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with teachers having the right to carry guns. I just I don't like the idea of a teacher that might have mental issues 
bringing in their own gun. I think the number one way to make schools safe, in my opinion, is to have less guns there and more police presence at the school. That would be my solution. Uh, Now that I've angered everyone with a reasonable compromise on guns, let's go to Atlanta. What's up? Hey, Clay. Uh, Big fan here in Atlanta. Got a relationship question for you. Uh, Just graduated college, uh, starting my career. I have a girlfriend of two years. Um, Nothing's really wrong. Um, Just really feel like I'm not as interested as I once was back in school. I'm kind of starting a new chapter in my life. Um, I mean, she's great. How old is Uh, she? Do anything. Uh, she's two years younger than me, but we uh, we graduated college at the same time. So how old are you? I'm uh, 22 years old. Yeah, you should probably break up. I mean, I, I hate to I, I hate to I hate to end a relationship here at the holiday season. So you should probably wait till after Christmas. But if you're not feeling it and you're 22 years old, my advice in general, I tell my boys this all the time: No man should get married before he's 30 years old. We're just not ready. I got married when I was 25 years old. I've been married, I'm 39 now, I've been married 14 years. 25 is too young in this day and age for a man to get married. I don't think that any man should get married before he's 30 years old. That's just my advice in general. I tell my boys all the time, don't get married till you're 30 or older. Go ahead and, you know, like live your life, get your career started, get all the focus on work and everything else, and then by the time you're 30, then you can get married. Um, I think that makes the most sense. So if you're 22 and you're not really feeling it, don't string her along because every woman wants to get married, whether she claims that she wants to or not, she's thinking about it. And when you've been with a girl for two years and you're in your 20s, she's thinking she might be marrying you. If you're not sold on her right now, don't string her along. Move on. Maybe you circle back around to her later when you're older, you're more mature, you're ready for it. That's my advice. Phoenix, what you got for me? Hey, good morning. It's Rebecca. And first time caller from Phoenix. I have a manager at work. Um, I've been in this job for six years. And if you're one of his favorite people, you get promoted. If you're not one of his favorite people, which I'm not on the most liked list, uh, he won't advance you, advance you in your position. I've got the most experience in my department, um, extremely well liked in my job. And I quite frankly feel like I've, I've got the best performance of any therapist that I work with. So what do we do in a situation like this when you've got a boss that's just a and if I go to HR, I feel like he will definitely retaliate. Um, All right. So first question for you, what percentage of the employees that he's promoting are male versus female? Do you think that your sex is in any way involved here? Um, no, actually it's not. Okay. There's two younger people with far less experience that he's promoted to a specific position that I want. Um, and then he's got a brand new grad that's a young male. Is there any way, so the, the, the easy question is, is there any way to switch jobs? I, I'd rather not. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So. I think this is a challenge. I think a lot of people run into this, especially when you just have a boss you don't like, you don't have the right rapport with them, and you're not getting promoted because you don't get along with them. Uh, You don't want to go to HR. The easy answer is figure out who his boss is and try to demonstrate that you are – thanks for the call, by the way – and try to demonstrate that you are more uh, accomplished and more deserving than the person who is uh, is getting the promotion – 
But if you can't do that, you're kind of roadblocked. Honestly, I don't know what the solution is. One thing is you can just turn into a brown-nosing expert. Figure out, if you've been there six years, figure out what these other people are doing that is making this boss value their work over yours and do it. Turn into an actor on the job. Fulfill his expectations of what you should be doing at the job such that you can move outside of his purview. Uh, She mentioned going to HR. I used to do HR investigations when I worked as a lawyer. Um, It's hard to get an HR complaint going when it's just somebody's opinion that you're not as deserving of a promotion as somebody else. I feel like that's a thing that a lot of people deal with at work. And my best advice is if you're doing the work, you got to work your boss. You got to figure out what your boss values, even if you don't think it makes the most sense, and use his uh, management skills to your advantage. It's like, it's like, for instance, remember back in the day, if you were in school and you took an AP test, you got to study for the test, not for what you think is the most important, right? Like I'm a history buff. When I took the AP test, you take the practice AP test and you get ready for them. Same thing with the SAT. You may be like, hey, you know what? I'm great at science. But unless they've changed it, almost all of the SAT is math and English. So the fact that you're great at science and you can create the greatest scientific experiments of all time doesn't really help you. You study for the test. My second grader right now is in the spelling bee. I said, hey, you want to work on words? He's like, ah, not really. <laughs> My second grader doesn't ever want to study. I said, but you got a booklet with all the words, wouldn't you want to practice? He's like, I know it all. No, you study for the test, not for what you think is important. Unfortunately, if you don't have a good job, you got to study for what your boss wants in order to elevate yourself eventually above them. Got to play the game. Uh, let's go to uh, Dayton, Ohio. What's up, Dayton? Hey, good morning, Clay. Thanks for having me on. Um, real quick, I just need to know, how fast do you have do you define the relationship and how to go about it. Um, let me give some context. So I went out with a woman Friday night. Uh, went real well. It was one of those dates where you're supposed to get dinner, but you're just hitting it off so well. You just end up drinking and talking. But uh, Sunday night, she came over, made cookies, banged. That was pretty fun. And then last night, went over to her place, watched The Voice finale. Um, am I just high on life, thinking I should just define the relationship next time I go out with her? And... If not, you know, how do I go about it? Yeah, you play hard to get still. You have play to have some... To mi- yeah, I appreciate it. Even though you've slept together, everything else, you have to have some mystery. No woman, even if she claims that she does, wants a man to throw himself to her. Women like the chase. They like the possibility that you might like somebody else. They won't claim it. They do. They like to think that they did work to get you. Once you throw yourself head over heels into her... Too early, she has too much control in the relationship. You got to play it a little bit cool, play it a little bit calm. Don't want to exaggerate. Watching the voice with her on Monday night, you might already have gone in too hard. Got to pretend you have something better to do early in a relationship than go watch the finale of The Voice with somebody on Monday night. That's just my advice. My advice in general don't give yourself over too much early in the relationship. You want to come over and watch The Voice on Monday night. No, you've got an obligation to do something else. You'll meet up later in the week. That would be my advice. Ohio again, what's up? Hey, Clay, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure to be on OutKick. Um, Just want to, sounds like Ohio has all the problems today. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, just wanted to set the stage for you. So 
my girlfriend and I have been together since high school, um, going on six and a half years. She's still in school, finishing up here. She's got one year left. Um, I just really wanted to look for some advice on how I can get through to her to keep her options open. Um, kind of dead set on like moving to Columbus, but I'd like to maybe stay up, up towards the Akron Cleveland area. Um, I'm not against Columbus. Just kind of wanted to see how what old your are you? Were. I am 23. How old is she? Uh, 22. All right. Thanks. For Finishing the up grad school. Yeah. Good deal. You're too young to move. 23 and 22. Trust me on this. Too young. What I say my rule was, don't get married until you're 30. She's just finishing up grad school, you said. 22 years old. What is your rush? I don't get it. Like, just kind of calm down. Hang out. Don't worry about planning your future right now. Louisiana, up next. Clay, uh, my wife has recently started recording and immediately deleting how to get away with murder shows. This is on a DVR <laughs> that has Letterman's last show is still on our DVR. Yes. So I'll, my question is, how can I enjoy a delicious meal from now on knowing I might have arsenic in small quantities? How, long, you, like? how long have you been married? 15 years. Have you checked her Twitter, I mean, her uh, her computer searches? She doesn't get on the computer. She only has a cell phone. All right. Um, so you think your wife, thanks for the call, you think your wife might be trying to kill you. You're laughing. This happens all the time. Usually husbands kill wives. So that's my number one advice here would be, okay, statistically, she's in much more danger from you than you are from her. I, I, I would find it a little bit troubling that, like, your wife is just obsessed with all... Like, I understand women in general, I think, love the idea that they're in danger. Basically, the entire Lifetime network, does Lifetime still exist, was women who are trying to be killed by men, right? That's like the entire... Somebody was like, we're going to create an entire network designed for women, and all of it is going to be based on the premise that the man who a woman is with is trying to kill her. I don't know what this is. There's no male equivalent to that, right? Like, the men don't sit around watching networks built around the concept of women are trying to kill men. So there is some sort of perverse attraction among women for the idea that they're going to be killed by men, right? So I don't think you're really in danger. I, 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 I think it's probably more likely that she maybe fantasizes about killing you because she hates you because you've been married for 15 years. But I don't think it's very likely she's going to do it. If she does do it, man, this thing will get introduced as a evidence at a murder trial. It'll be a hell of a thing. San Bernardino, what's up? Clay, do I go golfing Christmas Eve or do I try to watch NBA Christmas Day? <laughs> you get to choose between the two, golf Christmas Eve or your wife is going to allow you to do one of two? Well, I mean, I don't know yet. I got to try for one or the other. I'm not sure which one to try for. Yeah, right, but you're saying you can't do both. No, hell no. No way. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I think the NBA on Christmas is a better play than golf on Christmas Eve. Golf on Christmas Eve just sounds sad to me. Like, of all the things that you could be doing on Christmas Eve, you decided to go golf? I think that's more difficult to justify. Christmas Day, NBA, oh, you got the television on, kids are running around with their new presents. That's easy for me to justify. Tyler, Texas, what's up? 
Hey Clay, I gotta say your uh, your call-in screening team was a, was pretty brash and harsh with me. So if I called in with a uh, fantasy football question, I just hung up right then. <laughs> Good, that's but what I need. I need I Doug to, to be uh, uh, to be uh, incredibly ruthless when it comes to screening calls. <laughs> um, so a little context here: my father has been in, a, in and out of rehab. Has been sober for a couple of years now. My wife's father, who's since passed, also struggled with alcoholism. There's been a handful of moments here recently where I felt like that there could be an addiction to alcohol brewing up in me. It scared my wife a couple of times. What should I do? Should how I often do you drink? Alcohol how together? often do you drink? Hold on. How often do you drink now? Uh, probably four or five days a week. I have a couple of beers in the evening time, and maybe once a month I'll get out of control as far as have a little too much or you know, just make a bad decision with it, whatever it may be. All right, so four to five days a week. How many times a week do you think you get drunk? Uh, right now, probably once every other week. When's the last time you went a week without drinking any alcohol at all? Oh, wow. Um, it's been a long time. All right, so my suggestion to you th- – thanks for the call. Uh, and, and obviously alcoholism, big thing, runs in the family. My suggestion to you would be try to go a week without drinking alcohol. Just see if you can do it. Do today, don't drink, and then see if you can do a week without doing it. If you can do a week without doing it, maybe you can do two weeks without doing it. It allows you to have control over your decision-making. If you can't go a week without doing something, if you physically can't do it, then you may have an addiction problem. I think that's an easy test that you could put on yourself. Final question, Utah, what you got for me? Hey, I just, uh, most decisions of my life, I like to think, uh, what would Clay do? And it helps me. But today, <laughs> I just got a long list of to do's over the holiday weekend, and I was kind of excited to play Madden. The kids were at daycare. I needed some time to myself. And now I got all this, all these to do's, and it's kind of ruining my holiday. All right, How do I'll I go let... about approaching my wife? She, your wife gave you a big honey to do list for the holidays. We'll talk about it when we come back. Uh, I got to go to break. We'll take a few more of your calls, 877 996 6369. Finish off hour two. Top of hour three, we'll talk about signing day. It's officially underway. And uh, I have to tell you, what am I supposed to do here? Um, I got to tell you, never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. You may think it makes you look casual. More than likely, it just ends up looking sloppy. That's why Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be untucked. Casual shirts, not too long, not too short, just right. Shirts designed so well, GQ calls them perfection. Not only do they look good, they feel great. You can get hooked up right now. More than 50 sizing options. Every guy can find the perfect shirt. Whether you have a six-pack or you haven't seen your abs since college, Log on to untuckit.com. Check out all the new fall arrivals. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, for 20% off your entire first-time purchase. You can also visit over 40 retail locations. Stop hiding your shirt with your pants and your pants with your shirt. Untuckit.com, your solution to perfecting casual. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, for 20% savings. Your calls when we return, 877-996-6369. We close out the anonymous mailbag and dive into college football national signing day, the early edition. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com. Or call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Let's get some of your calls. Closing out the anonymous mailbag. Canton, Ohio, what's up? 
Hey, Clint. How's it going, babe? Appreciate it. What's shaking? Hey, uh, so, so recently I had to set myself up with a new um, primary care physician. And uh, so I did my research. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this, this lady will work. And like now I'm like starting to like, group all my healthcare providers in like the same complex. They're close to my house, so it's convenient. So when I show up for my wellness exam, and you know, everybody had like a bug, and we're all like deathly sick and needing uh, antibiotics this past couple weeks, um, I show up, can I get set up with this nurse practitioner that I had no idea was there? And she was smoking hot. And I'm like, my wife, you know, I'm like, my wife's like, how'd it go? And I'm like, fine. So my dilemma is, do I tell my wife, like, get by the way, I didn't actually see the doctor. I saw the nurse practitioner who was smoking hot. No. Is, you don't tell your wife. Is that, that required? You're, yeah, there's no value in that. You never tell your wife if you have a smoking hot doctor because she might prefer that you die than go see the smoking hot doctor who you're inevitably going to try to leave your wife for. So I would keep quiet about that. Phoenix, what's up? Hey, Clay. Hey, I've always wondered, why is baseball managers the only team or the only sport where the managers wear an actual uniform? Like, can you imagine Popovich wearing a Spurs jersey? Yeah, it would be phenomenal. I I think if I could go back in time and change everything, it would be that everybody has to wear the uniform that they coach in. I, I love the idea of Belichick and shoulder pads. I like the idea of NBA coaches in basketball shorts and also tank tops. I think it would revolutionize the entertainment value of of all sports, especially when you have like a you know kind of a short fat guy in a shorts and a, a tank top coaching on the NBA. Like uh, was it Stan Van Gundy? I'd love to see Stan Van Gundy in like a uniform. Would make every I'd watch the NBA regular season a lot more if fat guys had to wear uniforms. Fat guys in tight clothes, especially if they had to wear uniforms that were like a size, a size too small, um, if that were one of the one of the requirements. Uh, all right, um, Rob Ryan in a football uniform would be amazing. Yeah. You know, every now and then you have that situation. Remember when with the Vikings, Mike Tice came out in full uniform that time to like work with the team. Yes, and how ridiculous! And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but. The new thing that's going on in recruiting, have you guys seen these photos, is dads dressing up in the uniforms? This is amazing. If you haven't seen this, the last, I don't know, month or so, there has been a trend where dads go with their kids on official visits. And it's not uncommon when the kid is on the official visit for the school to be like, hey, let's see what you would look like in a uniform. Let's take your picture. Here you are dressed up like a gator. Dads have been dressing up as well. And some of the photos are incredible. Dads in college uniforms is is unprecedented. And by the way, we're going to talk signing day here momentarily. When we come back top of hour three, it is the official early signing day now. Uh, yeah, and Dub is popping some of those up now. Uh, this has become a trend. Dad, dads in oh, no. uh, college uniforms. That is embarrassing. It, oh, it's phenomenal. As a dad, I can't think of anything greater than going on the road now with my kid 
and humiliating him by dressing up on official visit day with uh, with him uh, in, in all the uniforms. Uh, but we're going to dive into the early signing period. It's college football, uh, sort of like Christmas morning for college football fans, although it's a little bit different than it used to be because there are now two signing days. But this is the one when the majority of them are going to sign. We're going to talk with Barton Simmons, 24-7 sports national recruiting analyst. We'll dive in. Some of the names are starting to come in. Some of those faxes, some of those signed letters of intent. It is a little bit like Christmas morning if you are a college football fan. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for the calls. Really good calls after the early people who were awful. Good job by Dub screening them. We do it hour two every single Wednesday. It's the anonymous mailbag live on Outkick. Up next, college football signing day. This is Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, a little bit like Christmas morning, if you are a huge college football fan, although it's somewhat different because they have changed up National Signing Day. We right now are in the middle of National Signing Day. And there is certainly going to be a lot of drama, as there always is. But now there are two different um, setups now. There's the early National Signing Day, which is today. And then there's the later one, which is in February. Um, And certainly what happens today, you don't know exactly what the long-range impact is going to be. For instance, I will give you you an example. Justin Fields the five-star quarterback that everybody fought so hard to sign with over the years um, is reportedly transferring from Georgia. Now, you'll last remember Justin Fields as the guy who was trying to run the fake punt in the Georgia-Alabama game if you were watching that SEC championship game. And what's wild is there have been 19 24-7 sports composite five-star quarterbacks since 2011 Justin Fields is the 11th to transfer from the school he initially signed with. And that's pretty wild to think about. Um, He was the number two overall quarterback, Justin Fields was, in the 2018 class. A top two quarterback recruit has now transferred in every class dating back to 2010. So if you are out there right now and you're like, whatever happens today is going to make sure and make certain that my team is forevermore going to be outstanding. Just hit the pause button a little bit because the transfer situation means that a lot of guys are moving and never staying enrolled very long with the school that they are with, and Justin Fields is a perfect example. Now, George is so good right now with Jake Fromm that uh, he has now forced a five-star quarterback, Jacob Eason, to transfer to Washington, and we'll wait and see where Justin Fields ends up transferring But that's one to hit the pause button on. Having said that, I am of the opinion that everybody out there who says recruiting doesn't matter is an idiot. There are a lot of people every single year that want to be recruiting skeptics, that want to point to the occasional, and this happens every year when the NFL draft happens. They'll say, oh, look at the number of guys who are two and three stars that have ended up getting drafted this is evidence that recruiting doesn't matter. Let me tell you, those people are all idiots because recruiting is getting more and more to be a science every year. And we're going to talk about this specific question with Barton Simmons, the national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports here shortly. 
<clears throat> but I actually went back using the databases, and I update this every year, and looked at how national championship winning teams have recruited. And so if you have a skeptic in your friend circle or you have a buddy that you text with or you have a buddy that you email with and you're going to be sitting around talking about college football signing day today, and I know there are a lot of you across the country who will, and there's always a skeptic out there who says, oh, it doesn't matter, the recruiting classes, you just got to coach the guys up, everything else, tell him he's an idiot. Tell your friend who doesn't believe that recruiting class rankings uh, matter that he is an idiot because... If you go all the way back to 1996, and I'm only going back to 1996 because that's around the time that you're able to actually have legitimate national recruiting rankings to rely on. That's about time the internet got popular enough that there was this demand for national recruiting rankings. So this will be, I believe, the 23rd different class to sign going all the way back to 1996. The team that has won the national championship has had at least two top 10 recruiting classes in the four years before they won the national championship every single year with the exception of Oklahoma in 2000. All right? That is pretty wild to think about. Oklahoma in 2000 is the only program without a top 10 class to win the title in rivals history but they did have three top 25 classes. So it's not like they didn't have decent level uh, talent, but they are the only team. And in the past several years, this is worth, I'll just do the last five years. Uh, 2013 Florida State had the number seven, number 10, number two, number six, and number 10 recruiting classes in the five years before they won the title. They had a lot of guys redshirt. 2014 uh, Ohio State, number 11, number 4, number 2, number 3 recruiting classes. 2015 Alabama, number 1, number 1, number 1, number 1. Four straight number 1 classes. Clemson, and they've been getting a lot better, Clemson has, in their recruiting classes. 2016, number 14, number 13, number 4, number 6. 2017 Alabama, number 1, number 1, number 1, number 1. So four of the all four of the playoff teams fit my criteria this year too. Oklahoma had two top ten classes before uh, this this trip to the playoffs. Notre Dame had two top ten classes. Alabama had four top ten classes. Georgia, by the way, and Ohio State, the only other schools with four straight top ten classes. And then with three top ten classes, you have got Clemson now sliding in and Clemson will be in the top 10 this year as well and if you're wondering right now as we come down the stretch I always like to look at the updated list of where exactly the uh, football ranking uh, classes are and there's always surprises and this adjusts all day long every day but right now Alabama number one recruiting class again Georgia number two recruiting class Texas A&M, number three, LSU, number four, Oregon, number five, Clemson, number six, Texas in the seven spot, Oklahoma in the eight spot, Michigan is nine, Notre Dame is 10. All right, that is as we enter this morning 
into the recruiting class ranking uh, race. We will talk to Barton Simmons here momentarily uh, when we come out of the next break, and I will have him kind of give you a sense where everybody is headed and what surprises may be uh, on the horizon out there. Now, remember, this is the first of two national recruiting class signing days. This is the early one. The other story I would tell you that to me is pretty wild, there are 22 teams in the top 22 uh, recruiting classes. Not a surprise. That's a brilliant statement by me. In the top 22 right now on the 24-7 composite class ranking list, 11 of the top 22 classes in America are in the SEC. If you are South Carolina, you are the 22nd best recruiting class in the nation, which sounds pretty good, but that only means that you are the 11th best in the entire country, in the SEC. Think about how wild that is. 22nd best in the country. You are only the 11th best, though, in your own conference. So the story here, the SEC has the top four classes in America, and uh, and frankly, the Pac-12 has kind of fallen off the reservation. Big Ten just doing okay, uh, and uh, the SEC dominating the rich getting richer indeed when we return we'll talk with barton simmons about all of this and more but first i want to tell you omaha steaks get hooked up now the family's been doing it for over 100 years they've been providing you with outstanding steaks delivered direct to your house and i'm giving you an incredible deal right now if you go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code travis t-r-a-v-i-s into the search bar you get 74% off Omaha Steaks family gift package. Originally cost $195. Right now, it's only $49.99. What do you get? Four steaks, two premium pork chops, four chicken fried steaks, four Omaha Steaks burgers, four sausages, all beef meatballs, four perfectly browned potatoes au gratin, and four made from scratch caramel apple tartlets. Plus, you get four more burgers for free. All of that right now for $49.99. You go, you go out for one meal with you and your wife or even you and one kid, a lot of times it's close to 50 bucks. Did you just hear all that you get for $49.99? And also, you will get an incredible deal that would normally cost $195. How do you do it? You go to omahasteaks.com and you put the search term in the search bar. You type in my name, Travis. That's T-R-A-V-I-S. And you get the family gift package. Should be costing you $195. You get it for $49.99. Again, omahasteaks.com. Put in the word Travis. That's my last name, T-R-A-V-I-S, in the search bar. And you can get the Omaha Steaks family gift package either for you or for someone else today. Go to omahasteaks.com. Put in Travis. Up next, Barton Simmons, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. We will hear from him, break down the early signing day in college football. Who are the big winners going to be? Who might be the big losers? We will discuss next on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Geico Outkick Studios. We're brought to you by True Car. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car. True Cash offer not available in all areas. Let's go ahead and bring in Eddie Garcia. Then we'll join be joined by twenty four seven Sports National Recruiting Analyst Barton Simmons. What you got for me, Eddie Garcia? Well, Clay, let's hit the Geico scoreboard and tell you about the four games in the NBA last night. The Nuggets improved their best record in the Western Conference to 21-9. 
with a 126-118 win over the Mavericks. Nikola Jokic had 32 points and 16 rebounds for Denver. They won seven straight at home. Nets over the Lakers, 115-110. It was a former Laker that helped beat his old team. D'Angelo Russell had 22 points and 13 assists, hit a late three-pointer to seal the win for Brooklyn. They won six in a row. LeBron James had 36 points in the loss for L.A. Larry Nance Jr. had a tip-in at the buzzer, giving the Cavaliers a 92-91 road win over the Pacers, while the Hawks beat the Wizards 118-110. Top 25 college basketball. We had seven ranked teams in action. They all won easily, including number one Kansas and number two Duke. 14th ranked Buffalo won at Syracuse 71-59. The Bulls are 11-0, and they get their first win over the Orange since 1963. And in college football at the Boca Raton Bowl, it was UAB over Northern Illinois 37-13. The Blazers, who had their program shut down two years ago, get their school record 11th win in a row, and that's their first ever bowl victory. This report brought to you by True Car Online Car Shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. We are indeed here in the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Barton Simmons with us now. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons, uh, national recruiting analyst, 24-7 sports, good dude in general. Barton, this is your day, but be honest with us. I feel like having two signing days really kind of kills a little bit of the vibe of the Christmas morning feel. Do you feel like that, or do you feel like you get two Christmases now with the early signing day and the more traditional signing day? I feel like we have I – don't, I don't feel like it diminishes the drama of the February signing day too much. Um, but in terms of the Christmas morning feel, I, I, I hear where you're coming from in the sense that there's sort of a finality to February where you, you open up your present and you see who your class looks like. And, and this, is, this is really signing day. I mean, people call it early signing day, but this yeah. is really where the bulk of the work is done. And so we really find out now what, what the classes generally look like. And so I guess there's a, a little bit less suspense building for that February date because you kind of know who you are and February is just about you know, putting the finishing touches on the class. So, yeah, I, I, I think probably the, the, the answer is um, there is two Christmases, but this one is the bigger one, I guess. I mean, yeah. this is it's sort of like this is Christmas and maybe February is, is New Year's. Um, this is where all the presents come. This is where the bulk of the work is done. And, and I think that it's taken a, a one cycle for coaches to realize that. I think that they've now established that. I think the sort of the national perception of signing day has started to shift towards that um i can tell you this i got a lot more media requests this year than i did last year uh and it's a uh, it's i think a much more uh acknowledged day that that uh, it's pretty important what time do you set your alarm for on this day compared to other days <laughs> uh well i'm not i'm not naturally an early riser i got a couple kids who get me up at about 6 30 regardless but uh today i was up at 4 45 uh, I know that's that's kind of normal for you, but it's it's an early that's an early morning for me, and uh, I'll be talking. I see I started talking at six fifteen Central Time this morning. I will finish talking about two p.m. Uh, with with more plenty more media to go. So it's a it's a long day. We've got a Facebook show today that's a four hour live streaming show that starts at eight Central Time yep. and runs till noon. 
so that would be a good spot to, to check out all the coverage 24-7. All right, so what drama is out there to you as we begin this day? What programs, what coaches, what players really are standing out to you as big kind of swing decisions that you don't necessarily know what to anticipate? I think two of the biggest ones – well, I mean, look – Here's what I think is, is probably the most interesting. It's sort of this budding or, or growing rivalry between Alabama and Georgia. It's on the field. We've seen two classics within the last calendar year between those two with, with really high stakes. Um, and it's, it's on the recruiting trail as well. Georgia ended Alabama's seven-year streak of number one classes last year. And, and, and they did that basically by absolutely crushing the early signing period last year. We'll see if, if Georgia can do it again. Alabama's number one in the country. Georgia's number two right now. And they're battling for some of the same guys. Five-star offensive tackle Evan Neal. Likely going to Alabama, but Georgia had a really good official visit with him in December. Five-star running back Trey Sanders, the number one running back in the country. Long-time Alabama lean. Georgia appears to have made a light, late push and, and feels like they're going to land him uh, today. That, so that'd be a big win for Georgia. And then the one that has felt like a little bit of a toss-up is five-star inside linebacker Nakobe Dean, um, who is a uh, kind of the, the the guy everybody wanted in this cycle at the linebacker position. Uh, that's a Georgia-Bama battle, um, and it appears that perhaps Georgia is is trending a little bit there, but that could go out Alabama and maybe even Ole Miss could sneak in there. He's from the state of Mississippi, so. It's just interesting to me, you know, when you look at the five-star rankings that are making decisions today, uh, there's 34 five-stars according to 24-7 Sports Composite. Three of them are making a decision today, and it's all between Alabama and Georgia. So, you know, that that, that battle, I take that back, four guys are making a decision. Uh, Three of them are are battling between Alabama and Georgia. So um, that's just something that's going to continue to to grow in terms of a rivalry and, and two dominant programs recruiting and playing at a really high level. One story that is also tied in with signing day a little bit is what Justin Fields is going to decide to do. He was a five-star last year, goes to Georgia, sits behind Jake Fromm, comes in for the disastrous fake punt, but a lot of people remind him, uh, remember him from the Alabama-Georgia situation. What do you think happens there? And if he came to you and he said, what would you do? What advice would you give? Well, I mean... First of all, I think it, it, it feels like he may actually be, uh, be able to win an appeal to get eligible next year. Um, whether you think he should or not, it feels like he's got a pretty real shot. And so, um, look, I, I think it, would, it was a head-scratcher to ever go to Georgia because Drake, Jake Fromm is not the type of guy that's going to give up a job. Um, and that was a kid that could have started at just about any school in the country um, you know, that didn't have Jake Fromm as a starting quarterback. I mean, they're – Florida wanted him, Florida State wanted him, Texas A&M wanted him. I'm convinced he goes to any of those schools, he would have been a true freshman starter. Um, Penn State, he was a committed to Penn State, backed out because he felt like they were too committed to Trace McSorley being the starting quarterback. He'd be poised to be Penn State starter next year. Uh, so I, I think if I'm Justin Fields, I, I'm going somewhere where I can play because he does need to play. And, and he's not Trevor Lawrence in the sense that started as a true freshman, played 15 games a year, threw for 3,000 yards every year. Justin Fields was a little bit of a later bloomer, had an injury during one of his years, so kind of cut into his reps there, uh, played on a team where he was sort of the one-man show. He needs to develop under center and see live bullets and see live action. So uh, to me, it's just about finding a spot where he can compete at a really high level 
uh, and, and play because I do think that he will be phenomenal when he gets on the field. But I, I think it's, I think, uh, you know, it makes sense that he's trying to and anxious to, to, to find uh, somewhere where he can actually get some reps. Where do you think he'll go? If you had to pick three or four schools that you think, like, that these are the ones that'll be in the, and I know everybody's going to try to get him, but it's going to be basically recruiting him all over again. Would it be Penn State, Ohio State, could, could Alabama? I mean, who, who is out there that you think could sneak in? Florida State and Florida, you mentioned. Who, who would you yeah, kind I mean, of peg as the favorites? Well, look, the, the schools are they're interested in, in, the, in the recruitment. We're Florida, Florida State, Texas A&M. He was interested in all those. Uh, Penn State, certainly. Uh, Joe Moorhead was, was the guy who recruited him at Penn State, so he's a Mississippi State. Uh, but I, I would say, you know, Ohio State makes some sense. Ryan Day the way he's developed the quarterback position. He could step right in if Dwayne Haskins heads off to the NFL. And, again, this is all assuming he can start right away. If not, I don't even know why he would leave. Uh, just take a retro year next year. Um, and, and I think, look, some people are t- – there's a little bit of, 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 of very early buzz about Oklahoma. Uh, with Kyler Murray leaving, Justin Fields would be a heck of an addition there. Uh, Baker Mayfield to Kyler Murray to Justin Fields is about as good of a three-year run at quarterback as you're going to find anywhere. Uh, Oklahoma's trying to close, speaking of early signing day, with Jadon Hazelwood out of Georgia, a guy that's close uh, with Justin Fields, who's a five-star wide receiver. Hey, maybe that's the beginning of, of, of some momentum there for Oklahoma. Uh, but I think if you're Justin Fields, you've got a lot of leverage. You know you're, you're, you're coveted. You know you're how talented you are go somewhere that's got a really big-time offense with a coach that can develop the quarterback position that can play for national titles. I think Oklahoma and Ohio State are, are two options there that, that, that fit that, uh, that profile. This is remarkable uh, in your ratings, and I'm looking at them right now. The top four are all SEC schools, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, and LSU. Have you ever seen this before? And then 11 of the top 22 are SEC schools, is this potentially going to be the best recruiting class that Southeastern Conference schools have ever signed? Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that in terms of just a conference overview, but it could be. Um, and, and I think one reason for that, if you look at it, is, I mean, look at all the turnover uh, in, in coaching staff last year and, and all the new head coaches. And this is cycle one, the first full cycle for all those head coaches plus Alabama-Georgia. Alabama-Georgia are always going to be really high under Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. And, and now you have all these coaches that can say, help us start this thing, help us get this thing rolling. Typically, cycle one, if you're a good recruiter, is going to be an outstanding class because it doesn't matter what you just did on the field. You can always pitch the promise of, of what's to come. And so there's a lot of schools in the SEC right now pitching that promise uh, and it helps when Alabama and Georgia and, and, and even Texas A&M are out there recruiting nationally. Uh, it leaves some, some sort of meat on the bone there for, for the rest of the, the Southeastern Conference footprint. So it, it, sort of the stars are aligning a little bit for this to be a really good year from a recruiting standpoint in the SEC. There, there's, there, there's room for everybody at the table this year, and, uh, and, and there's a bunch of really good recruiting head coaches in that conference right now, so they're all taking advantage of it. One school that usually, especially as the West Coast is waking up and listening to us uh, in L.A. and and down the the coast of California and beyond, that usually dominates and has fallen off the radar so far this year, is USC. 
obviously they had a lot of staff turnover and that always makes it difficult but also USC usually closes strong right now you guys have got them ranked at 28th in the country that's unheard of for USC to be that far down what's going on there yeah you know that's true Clay but it's not abnormal to see them at this place in the rankings at this point in the process because USC is so notorious for being a late closer and so there was absolutely um, really serious vulnerability in this USC class after the way they finished this year with 5-7, and seven, Clay Helton. Uh, a lot of folks thought should have gotten fired, certainly almost got fired, but uh, they hired Cliff Kingsbury. And this is a really good year for offensive skill talent out west. And five-star Brew McCoy, five-star Kyle Ford, two of the best receivers in the country, uh, wanted to go to USC, are, are pointed towards USC. And I think now that Cliff Kingsbury has been hired, uh, that stabilizes things offensively, and I think they will go to USC. And so I think that's going to help them. I think that's going to help with the momentum. USC, just it doesn't even matter. I mean, the brand is the brand, and USC is always going to recruit well. So while this might not be the USC class that we're used to seeing where it's really competing for a top five, number one type of finish, they will, they will rise. They're going to uh, make some, some, some moves today and, and into January. Uh, and that's just sort of for whatever reason, that's what we always see out of USC. They are always involved in the drama on signing day. And I would expect, regardless of what happens today, uh, they'll probably have some pretty big fish on the board uh, even in February, too. That's just sort of the way they operate. So USC is going to rise up just just maybe not quite to the level we've seen in the past, but, but they will uh, start, start creeping up today. Also on the West Coast, Oregon and Mario Cristobal has put together an incredible class. I mentioned the top four are all SEC schools, Alabama, Georgia, A&M, and LSU. Oregon is sliding in there at number five. What have they done so well this year to end up so high? Well, I mean, Mario Cristobal, that, that, that's, he takes a lot of pride in recruiting. And it's so funny. I mean, as, as we look at the SEC, whether it's Jeremy Pruitt at, at Tennessee, whether it's Will Muschamp at South Carolina, uh, Kirby Smart at Georgia, obviously, Jimbo Fisher now at Texas A&M, there's all these big-time heavyweight recruiters that are Nick Saban protégés. They're, they're, they've all got the Nick Saban blueprint, and, and they're sort of spreading the gospel around the SEC. Well, Mario Cristobal is another one of those. He's got the Nick Saban blueprint. And he is out there doing the same thing in Eugene. And so they are recruiting nationally. They're, they're putting a ton of effort and energy into recruiting California. They've done a really good job, particularly in Southern California. Um, this is going to be, I think, relatively standard, uh, standard operating procedure for Oregon. I, I think that as long as they put together a, a, a solid product on the field, I think you're going to look at sort of, year in, year out, uh, a historic pace of recruiting in Oregon, because that's just who Mario Cristobal is. Uh, he loves it. He eats this stuff up. And so um, I, I would expect Oregon to, to be a pretty steady player among the heavyweights, certainly in the Pac-12 and, and, and probably nationally as well. A couple of early flips already, and this might matter to some of you, I don't know. Uh, defensive back Jordan Battle has flipped from Ohio State to Bama, while defensive back Daxton Hill has flipped from Alabama to Michigan where he had previously committed. How often are you surprised? Like, 
you obviously talk to a lot of people. You've been following this for months, for years, leading up to a day like this. How often does a kid make a decision and you're like, my God, I never would have foreseen this at all. I know you have the crystal ball, which is a very cool factor uh, for people who follow recruiting at 24-7 sports. You can watch it uh, transpire there. But how often are you yourself legitimately surprised? Not very often. Um, And that's not even necessarily because I've got firsthand scoop or intel. But often, you know, the 24-7 sports network is so vast that there's, there's someone within our network and staff that knows either the kid, the staff, the, 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 the principal elements involved in every decision. And usually we've got some sort of inkling that it's going to happen. The Jordan battle flip from Ohio State to Alabama, for example, is one that we would have been very surprised if it didn't happen. Um, you know, I think the, the, the Daxon Hill, that was a, you know, this is a kid that was committed to Michigan, flipped to Alabama a couple weeks ago. That was a little bit of a surprise. But as this day approached, the last couple of days, we started to get a little bit of, of indication that he might be flipping back to Michigan. Um, and that's, that's, you know, talk about a, a, a swing and momentum. Talk about sort of the, the ins and outs that go into this thing. So much negative recruiting messages being delivered to that kid. Try, him trying to sort through, is Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL? Is, you know, what's the depth chart look like at these two places? What? You know, there's just all these elements to these decisions that these kids are hearing, and it's such, such so high pressure uh, that sometimes you don't know where they're going to go because you, they don't know. Uh, but certainly we know kind of what's possible and what's out there, and, and the Daxon Hill from, from Alabama to Michigan uh, wasn't, wasn't sort of common knowledge, uh, but it was certainly, I think, something that we were warming up to as a possibility. And it, It's a huge get for Michigan because that dude is an absolute freak. Uh, and, and Jordan Battles is the real deal, too. So I think both of those teams end up getting a, a pretty good player. What's the impact been on the recruiting trail of Urban Meyer leaving Ohio State? Did that have much of an impact on the Buckeyes? Do you think there'll be much of an impact as they flip to uh, to Jason Day? What do you see on the trail regarding that? Well, I, I think that um, I mean, Urban Meyer is one of the best recruiters of all time. Uh, as a head coach, and what he's built is a really strong infrastructure. Uh, Mark Pantone, the director of player personnel, is one of the best in the business. He's got a, a staff and a, and a program that's aligned in terms of identifying and, and, and um, acknowledging the importance of recruiting. And so I think with that infrastructure in place, Ryan Day is going to have a chance to be really successful. Uh, but I, I think this year specifically, you, know, you never look at, at Durbin Meyer leaving and say, okay, well, that's a, that's a net win. But I do think this year specifically, uh, all the Zach Smith stuff, all the rumors about his job uh, created a little bit of a, a bottleneck for them recruiting-wise. It was just sort of a holding pattern where they didn't lose a lot of recruits. They lost one, couple 2020 guys, uh, but they, they didn't really gain as many during the season as we would have expected. I think now there's some clarity. They've got a five-star commit or five-star prospect named Zachary Harrison that's making a decision today, a kid from Columbus that was likely heading to Michigan through most of the year. I think the fact that Urban Meyer is gone and Ryan Day is there now probably helped them in his recruitment. I think they end up getting him today in part because Ryan Day is the head coach now and because there is some, some clarity and stability there in terms of what the future holds for Ohio State. And so uh, I think Ryan Day is going to be good how good he is, there's just no way to tell. And I, I don't think you can assume he's going to be better than Urban Meyer. I think you assume the opposite. Uh, but if, they could, if he can just do enough 
to keep Ohio State recruiting at a top five level. And that's all you can ask of him, and, and I think he'll be able to get that done. Barton Simmons, one of the best in the business, played football at Yale, by the way. You can watch him from 8 to noon Central Time. That's 9 to 1 Eastern, uh, 7 to 11 Mountain, and, uh, man, I'm getting tough here, 6 to 10, I think, on the <laughs> West Coast. You guys will be on Facebook if you're a recruiting junkie. All right, last question for you, because I know you got a billion things to get to. For people out there listening right now who are rolling their eyes saying recruiting does not matter, how would you respond to all of the skeptics that I'm sure you hear from all the time? I certainly do. I have bought in. I believe in the importance of four and five stars. What would you say to those people out there who are skeptically rolling their eyes as they drive into work this morning about why today actually matters? Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. Watch the Facebook show this morning. We'll have an opening segment that kind of breaks it down a little bit. There's a lot of directions that I can go in, in that one. But I think last year's national championship game on fourth and twenty-six is, is, is a huge one. Uh, second and twenty-six, whatever it was, that, that's a. Uh, there was a true freshman quarterback that came in to beat another true freshman quarterback for a national championship with a true freshman starting at left tackle. Threw it to a true freshman for a touchdown uh, with a true freshman running back that rushed for sixty-five yards on six carries. There were true freshmen everywhere, and they're making an impact all over the place this year as well. Uh, when you are competing for national titles, uh, you better have the five stars because all those guys we were talking about were highly rated. Uh, it matters. It's important. And, uh, and coaches acknowledge it. Uh, I think fans are, are acknowledging it these days as well. Get some coffee, my man. You'll need it. Thanks for getting up early with us, and uh, have a good day following this uh, all day long. It's Barton Simmons. Follow him on Twitter, at Barton Simmons. Thanks, my man. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Final segment of the show up next. We'll talk a little bit more recruiting. We'll also start to talk a little bit about the college football bowl season. I got a gambling pick for you tonight on the game that's taking place. And we'll talk a little bit about the NFL playoff picture. If we can get to all that, we'll see how it goes. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesdays. It's National Signing Day. You just heard from Barton Simmons, National Signing uh, Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. Uh, Pretty outstanding stuff there. We've run through all of the recruiting uh, rankings as we uh, come into Signing Day. Probably will be some surprises, although you heard from him that there typically are not uh, very many surprises in uh, what he sees in terms of uh, so many different analysts cover so many different teams that it is uh, tough to be incredibly surprised these days because there's so much information out there. Uh, But we'll talk about those results tomorrow. Um, The guys eventually hope to end up in the Pro Bowl. Uh, Great Pro Bowl story uh, out there about uh, James Conner making the Pro Bowl. Um, but I ran through this stat, and I want to hit it again because I do think it's significant as uh, as we move into soon uh, the end of the uh, NFL season. And in particular, it's about the devolution of the value of the running back. This is a great stat from Evan Silva. 2017 Steelers with Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell has set out this entire year. Expectation was, oh my God, how will the Steelers do without him? Well, they've actually scored two more points per game. They've actually averaged 0.4 more yards per play. They've averaged 0.5 yard more yards per carry, and they've averaged more points per drive. That is replacing Le'Veon Bell with James Conner, Jalen Samuels, 
and Steven Ridley. And also, you have ended up with Philip Lindsay going to the Pro Bowl as an undrafted rookie running back, which also, I think, speaks to uh, the overall value being in decline of the running back position in general. And so uh, Le'Veon Bell probably will get a lot of money from somebody, but the numbers would suggest that his departure from uh, from the Steelers has not had much of an impact. Now, I also just mentioned that it's signing day. I do think this is interesting. Uh, there have been there's a lot of movement. So if you get a top recruit today, particularly at the quarterback position, you may be ecstatic. But this is a crazy stat: a top two quarterback recruit has transferred in every class dating back to 2010. And some of these names may surprise you, but Philip Sims, Jeff Driscoll, Gunnar Keel, Max Brown, Kyle Allen, Blake Barnett, Jacob Eason, Shea Patterson, there were two in 2016, and Hunter Johnson, number one or number two quarterback recruits in the country, all transferring. That ties in with Justin Fields at Georgia making the decision that he is going to leave. Um, and where he might go. You heard us discussing that with uh, Barton Simmons. This is a guy that a lot of different programs wanted, and we'll see where exactly he ends up. Now, uh, as we I, I teased this as we were coming into the break. I wanted to hit you with this stat, too. Uh, it is out there. The, uh, there are a couple other stats I wanted to hit you with. I didn't have time. Uh, but for Miami Dolphin fans, and I know we're on in South Florida, I saw this tweeted out by uh, JT Evans. Thought it was amazing. If you feel like, man, my team is utterly mediocre, they're the most 500 team imaginable. Here is the Miami Dolphins. They are 7-7 seven and seven this year. They are 19-19 and 19 in their last 38 games. They are 23-23 and 23 in their last 46 games. They are 42-42 and 42 in their last 84 games. And in their last 132 games, they are 66-66. and 66. That is the most average possible team imaginable. Again, this team is the ultimate coin flip. If you're out there and you're a Dolphins fan, uh, 66 and 66 in their last 132, seven and seven this year. Um, also, uh, there are odds to make the NFL playoffs as we come down the stretch. I thought these were interesting. This is from Bet Online. Uh, Odd Shark tweeted it out. Odds to make the NFL playoffs. If your team is right on the edge and you're trying to figure out, hey, are we likely to make the playoffs? Are we not? Here are all the teams that are right there on the periphery. The Vikings right now are the number six overall team in the NFC. They are minus 160 to make the playoffs. So pretty decent favorite to make the playoffs if you are the Vikings. This number will surprise some people who haven't been paying a lot of attention. Right now, the Titans are in the eight spot but they are minus 110 to make the playoffs. They play the Redskins this weekend, and then they host the Indianapolis Colts. The Ravens are plus 130. They are on the road against the Chargers this weekend. They're in the sixth spot right now. The Eagles are plus 130. The Colts are plus 180. The Redskins are 5-1, and the Miami Dolphins sitting at uh, 7-7 are 10-1 as we come down the stretch of the season. Now, I want to also encourage you guys to go download the podcast. We've had another great show. Uh, Danny G tweeted uh, or texted me all of the numbers on uh, where you guys are coming from. Numbers are always uh, growing and always impressive, and uh, and I am thankful to all of you, uh, in particular in our top 10 markets. 
Nashville, Atlanta, L.A., Dallas, Houston, Chicago, San Francisco, Knoxville, Tennessee, New York City, and Birmingham, Alabama with Cleveland and Washington, D.C. right there on the periphery. Thanks to all of you for all those markets. Uh, it's, it's, it's really cool to see where everybody is downloading the show from, but I wanted to give a shout-out to all those cities for all the people who uh, support the show there. I encourage you to go download it in, uh, and grab uh, grab this show. Anybody in those lists surprise you, Danny G, when you look at it? No, not really. I, one thing that I noticed, though, was that at the the bottom, I would say the 20, uh, from 20 to 25, those cities continually change. So we always say rep your city hard by telling your family, friends, and everybody, get your city up into the top 15. And uh, once or twice every month, we read those top 20 cities. Yeah, it is fun. By the way, Kansas City, Memphis, Denver, Phoenix, Charlotte, and Indianapolis, and Orlando and Tampa is our top 20. I want to give a shout out to Minneapolis, too. We got a lot of listeners up there. So those are the top 20-ish cities Thanks to all of you. We're up 50% in our ratings in the last year, which is kind of unheard of for a sports talk radio show in this competitive media environment. And that's because you guys are out there sharing all of our stories and sharing our show and saying, hey, make sure you pay attention to what Clay Travis and OutKick are doing. We thank all of you. Enjoy National Signing Day. It's Christmas Day for many college football fans. Remember, if your team wants to win a championship, you need top 10 recruiting classes. Don't listen to anyone who tells you otherwise. 22 of the last 23 teams to win a national championship have had two top 10 recruiting classes or more in the four years prior. Enjoy Christmas Day. This is OutKick. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.